know, at every turn, earthly wisdom is always contesting with godly wisdom. And that's the reason why we have to fight for our religious freedom. Amazing, amazing. We had a very lovely, uh, first off, my name is Bupo, if we have any uh, first timers or new people joining us, and I'm on the eldership uh, of New Day, and I bring the word of God to you today uh, with the blessings of my senior pastor, Matt. Right, so this year, as Matt introduced last week, or as we've been talking about, is all about making God known to the world. Starting with our community, where we work, all around us. And it takes wisdom to get this done. So this week, we're looking, we're continuing the, in that series, and we're looking at the wisdom perspective to making uh, God known to the world. There were some very interesting facts from last week's uh, sermon. One of the big ones for me is that we cannot make him known if we ourselves do not know him. If you show me a wise man and I w- or woman and I will show you someone who knows who he or she is in God, to God, and through God. Amen. So we're going to be looking at the wisdom perspective of making God known um, to the world. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say regarding wisdom. So our text today is drawn from um, chapter 4 of Proverbs. But we're particularly looking at verse 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. It's the penultimate. Wisdom is the key. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Another translation says it this way. It doesn't matter if it costs you everything, get wisdom. (laughs) And and it works that way because if you do get wisdom, everything that you thought you'd lost will definitely come back to you. Isn't it? The first eye-popping thing about it for me was how Solomon put it. He said, get wisdom, not be wise. So that indicates that it's something that we're not born with. It's something that we have to earn. It's something that is gifted to us. Life can be hard. Whether or not you're a Christian. Some have found it easier than others. But how many know that one foolish mistake could tip the scale and an easy life or a hard life could become worse. Mm. If we spin that around, and irrespective of how you're traveling, one wise decision could make life very easy for you. Wisdom made the difference between four days and 40 years in the wilderness for the Israelites. Amen. I can use some wisdom. I don't know about you. We live in a world right now that is saturated, filled with knowledge. We're currently in an era 
where things that you could only imagine have become real. We can literally see and experience it. One experience that, that can never leave me happened at a, at a petrol station one time. I saw this old lady and this young girl, she must have been about nine or ten, in a tug of war. She kept trying to get the old woman away, and the old woman said, no, I, I, I'm not going to move until I see this miracle. And what was the miracle that she was on about? The ATM had just become popular. This was about 10 years ago in the local suburbs. Before, you could only get it in the banks. But then it was popping up everywhere. And she had heard that there was this piece of metal that spits out money. And she's just got to see it. So she stood there. And not long enough, a young man wa rocks up, puts his card in, few punches, and bang, money comes out. She looked around at the world and everyone just going about their business like it was pretty normal. And she said to the little girl, she said, when I was much younger and, and this happened, the whole community would literally come out and worship and bow down at this miracle. How many know that we all have some knowledge that we bow down to, even at this day and age? It looked like foolishness, but it's the reality for many of us. If you can isolate the area that you feel troubled, the area where you know that you've actually made a wrong decision, you will find out that there is wisdom in the house of God, there's wisdom in the word of God that can actually turn that situation around. Today, we have so much technology. It's unreal, and yet, things seem to be going from bad to worse. So we've got to ask ourselves, why? Why is this the case? It's because we lack the wisdom of God. And there's a popular thinking that equates knowledge to wisdom. And in some cases, even lifts knowledge above wisdom. But you see, the wisdom of God helps us to see things that others miss. It helps us to avoid the snares and traps of recklessness and enticing sin. With wisdom, life's difficulties become quite simple. With wisdom's relationships are mended. Hopes are restored. Life is rebirth in us. Wisdom is the only basis for victorious living. With it, Men are able to make choices that bring them good health, peace, prosperity, success, and life. Our future and the world's future depends on the wisdom of God, the wisdom that is from above. So, a world that chooses knowledge over wisdom, a society that elevates facts and ideas above the wisdom of God, results into a people that is easily led astray and is deceived. You know, anyone can gain knowledge. All you need to do is buy a good book. But the smartest people in the world have been known to make very foolish mistakes. Wisdom, if it eludes a person, gives room for confusion. People become perplexed, 
People make mistakes that bring them pain, poverty, trouble, and even death. Just imagine what the Israelites would have gone through for 40 years if only they had applied a little bit of wisdom. Amen. But being unwise, the good news is that being unwise isn't a part of who anyone is. It isn't a part of who we are. No matter how often you've made unwise decisions. No matter how many times you've chosen wrongly, God never designed us as such. So there's wisdom in the house today. Everyone say wisdom. wisdom. So the problem of our world today is that we hold lots of knowledge but little understanding. We, have lo- we hold lots of means. We have capacity, but there's no meaning to it. Amen. We have lots of know-how. It's a quick guide to getting a lot of stuff done, but we have little know-why. We've got lots of sight and sound, but there's very little insight into what we do. To compound this, a lot of people do not know how to access or get the wisdom of God, and even when they see it or it's offered to them, they don't recognize it. Because there's so much confusion everywhere. So what is wisdom? What is wisdom? And as you can imagine, I did look up Google. (laughs) And there was lots of ideas around what wisdom is. But there's one that I'd like to share because it's very funny. It simply says that wisdom is the quality of being wise. I'm like, I'm like, no wonder the, wo- the world's the way it is. <laughs> so I offer today a personal a definition for wisdom. I do not claim that it is perfect, but it's a start. Wisdom can be defined or explained as the gift of God to fully comprehend the truth and the ability to apply an accurate, precise solution to that situation that is both pleasing to God and favorable to man. We must understand that it is a gift. And how we go about understanding this is if we separate the difference between wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discernment, which are close cousins of wisdom. The lines should be made clear. So knowledge actually can be acquired. It's just a collection of facts. You buy a good book or you watch a, a very good documentary or you sit under the teaching of, a, of, of, of an expert, a su- subject matter expert, and knowledge can be imparted into you. You can also gain knowledge from experience. When you expose yourself to certain elements over and over and over, you learn certain things about it. Understanding is getting a bit more insight into the nature of the thing. You begin to understand why it acts or behaves the way it does or why it's put together the way it is. All right? That is understanding. And then we've got discernment, which is the ability to distinguish one thing from another and also kicking in our moral sensitivity. All of this very good. As a matter of fact, wisdom encourages encourages us to make use of all these tools. Mm-hmm. 
Amen. But wisdom is more than collecting facts or just obeying what the rules or the principles are. Even it is more than barely obeying God, as we see in the cases of the Pharisees. And my God, Jesus must have been in awe at their level of foolishness. You know, they came to him and said, all right, of the three, of the 613 laws in the Torah, which one is the most important? And God being, Jesus being the wisdom of God, said to them, it's one of two, and they're both the same. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, and everything. And then the other is exactly like that. Love your neighbors. This is the heart of wisdom. And this is how we make God's wisdom known to our community. This is how we make him known. Amen. From Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, and this is 24, 26, Jesus said, everyone who has ears, hear this, and puts them into practice. Is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Then he went on to say that everyone who hears it and does not do it is a fool. So it is important that we hear the word of God. It's one of the ways that we gain the wisdom of God. So very quickly, having explained what wisdom is, how do we get wisdom? How do we get wisdom? The Bible offers us three unique ways. It might not be limited to this, depending on your relationship with God. But having gone through some studies, I've seen that at every point where wisdom, the subject matter of wisdom, is being discussed, there's a level of relationship to it. So Solomon and David, when they're about to impart wisdom, would say, my son. My daughter. When Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus and the, and the Colossians church, he said, children, hear. And this means that the wisdom of God isn't meant for everybody. Aren't you happy that the wisdom of God is meant for you? Amen. Amen. So it's meant for those that have a relationship with God to start with. So for you to have access to the wisdom of God, how is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with God? Your relationship with God is all the wisdom that someone else needs to see for them to know who they are in God, to God, and through God. And we see from Proverbs chapter 10, it says there that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So this fear is not the type of fear that quivers and runs away. It's not the kind of fear that the Israelites thought of when they went and they surveyed the land. And they said, oh, there are giants in the land and they're going to kill us and they pick us up with their teeth like toothpicks. <laughs> it is the fear that David had when he was going to confront Goliath. I know the God that is behind me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
It is the wisdom that the other two spies, Caleb and Joshua, had when they said, God has given us this land. That is the wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord. It is not reckless, it is guided, and it is backed by faith and belief in him. So this type of fear is one of position, a posture of reference and complete devotion to God. God wants to share his wisdom with us because we are his sons and his daughters. We are his family. So who else was he going to share his wisdom with if not us? The second way by which we can access the wisdom of God as put down in James, and this is after our relationship is good, is to be asking. To say, Father, I need wisdom. This stuff is giving me a sleepless night. This stuff is making me afraid. I'm worried. I just don't understand what's going on here. I need wisdom. Help me, Lord. And we see that from James chapter 1 and verse 5. It said, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. As a matter of fact, he will not rebuke you for asking. You know, we have our own understanding of life and how the world works from earthly teachings. But it does not equate to divine wisdom. And some of the stuff we need, some of the wisdom we need is definitely from a divine perspective. I love the phrase, ask generously. I love the phrase, ask generously. It's good. It makes it look like, you know, it's, it's free, it's available. But how many know that the asking isn't the difficult part? It is the admitting that we need the wisdom of God. Many of us are not humbled enough. Yeah, 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 I know, I know exactly what it is. I've got this, until you find out that you don't got this. <laughs> and then we can climb back to Father. <coughs> Lord, can you help me? I've just made a mess of this. Amen. And the third way is to know him. And we can see from uh, Psalms 119, uh, 105, it says, The word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet. It guides me. It's a light to my path. And how we know him is by going through his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Nothing on earth was created that was not created outside of him. So he has all the wisdom, he holds all the, all the wisdom, but he is generous with it. If only we will know him. This type of wisdom is foreign, is strange to anybody outside of him. It's not just head knowledge. Amen. So that's how we get knowledge. So for whatever area it is that feels like a wilderness, forever, uh, wh wherever you feel some strife or some pressure, can you just believe God for wisdom today for that area? And, and also just have that faith that he's willing to generously make such wisdom available. Amen. When you do get wisdom, how do you apply it? How do you identify with it? How do we 
through the wisdom that is made available to us, make known to the world God, which is our theme for the year. Turn with me to James chapter 3 and verse 17. You know, if you struggle to define anything as I have with wisdom this last couple of weeks, you cannot get it wrong when you define something based on its attributes, on its character. Amen? And James puts it this way, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. You know, one of the things that popped to my mind when I read this is that if you took out everything that was underlined and put the word God in there, it fits right perfectly. It just says, God is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, which is gentle. He's um, persuadable, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So the wisdom we're talking about here is a character, is a persona of God. And that's the reason why only the sons and daughters of God are eligible. Only those who know to look into the Bible, only those that have a relationship with him can have access to this wisdom. Amen. So the first thing there says that it is pure. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. It's simple because God himself is pure. So everything that comes from him is pure. The word pure there means to be free from moral stain. You know, last week after we returned from snorkeling, a couple of men from the church, I got a reminder on my schedule to uh, clean out the pool cartridge. So I, I went and I fetched it and I got my gani and then every, every other thing that I needed. And as I brought out the cartridge, I'm like, goodness me, the, the dirt and the dust and the grime, it was so filthy. And as I pulled it out, I caught sight of the pool, looking so beautiful and blue and inviting. And it just hit me that we all have a filter inside of us that holds on to bitterness, frustration, doubt, and despair as we interact with the world. We show them the beautiful blue pool that everyone can bask and enjoy. But on the inside of us, we have something that the mere showers and the morning and the evening can't wash away. We need to get out the Holy Ghost Ghani and we need to just wash <laughs> off all of that grime for our lives so that the wisdom of God can work in us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We all need the power washing of the Holy Spirit. We all need the Holy Spirit to use the word of God to wash us clean. Bible tells us from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. It's not a theory, that's exactly how it is. Mm. When our heart is free of clutter, 
wrong attitudes, unclean notions, we see everything the way God sees it. But if our heart is unclean, we see everything else but God. Purity comes first. Amen. Second thing is that it is peace-loving. Hallelujah. You know, there's some people that when they walk into a place, they just carry an atmosphere of peace. It doesn't matter what the highs are for you or what the lows are. You come across this person and you just have that air of peace within you. That is the wisdom that God is promising to give to us. Be a peace-loving person. That is how you make Jesus known to the world. Amen. We can't go about the world angry and grumpy, wrecking havoc with relationships and all that God has given to us and claim to have the wisdom of God. We must bring with us an atmosphere of peace. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30 tells us that our heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Amen. You can only give what you have. If you have peace, you will give peace. Hallelujah. Then again, it is gentle. It is gentle. The wisdom that comes from heaven is gentle. It is considerate. How many believe that God is considerate? Hallelujah. And this, this word, this quality actually, is hard to catch up with one word because it means temperate, non-combative, non-quarrelsome, not easily annoyed or angered. When you discover this aspect of wisdom in certain areas, particularly work, relationship, in, in areas where you have to be gentle, you find that if you keep your cool, you win. If you lose your cool, you lose. Jesus, when he was taken by the authorities at the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, Peter thought he was doing a wise thing. Brought out his sword and up with the edict. But Jesus stepped in with his wisdom. said, no, that's not what we do. We're not an angry people. We're not an angry mob. We're not a quarrelsome people. And he, with his wisdom, made the situation right. Put the ears back. We need this kind of wisdom. When traffic blocks up all through the highway and someone cuts you off or someone's being rude and steps in the line before in front of you, you just can't help it but give them that look. <laughs> we need this kind of wisdom. Be gentle. Aren't we glad that Jesus is gentle with us? From Psalms 103, 10, we read that he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. True, hey? So let's not be so quick to punish someone else. Let's just love on them as Jesus loved on us. Amen. Then again, the wisdom we're talking about is persuadable. It is submissive. And this quality may be easier to see if we sort of flip the coin and we say, earthly wisdom is arrogant and stubborn. Agree? 
Yep, we do. Because it refuses to listen. It has no desire to hear anyone else's opinion. Very opinionated. And you will see this demonstrate in people's conversations and as they discuss with others. They have the sarcasm, you know, and they demand to be the center of attention and just have this pushy nature that you just don't want to be around them. That is not how we make God known to the world. There's no wisdom in such. From that psalm, we read that it does not, it, oh sorry, from, that from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, we read, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So God's wisdom to be submissive means that we can listen carefully because we want to know his heart. Don't mistake this for being a pushover or a person of no conviction. No. A wisdom-centered submission holds deep conversations without feeling the need to parade themselves or to constantly argue about it. It listens to others with whom you share a different opinion. Can we just agree to disagree? How many know that's wisdom? You don't have to fight all the time. Then it is merciful. The wisdom that comes from heaven is merciful. Everyone say merciful. merciful. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I am sure there's one more person in your life that you could be merciful to. We live in a world that is unmerciful. Very, very vengeful world if someone hits you you hit back twice as hard if someone hurts your family you make sure that you teach them a lesson to make sure that they don't do that again where's the mercy in that it's hard but it, it takes the wisdom of god to do it mercy is more than a feeling you literally have to have the sympathy to step into the shoes of the person that you want to extend the mercy to. This is the standard that God calls us to because great is his mercy. Such that he gave his only son to die for us on the cross. He didn't give us what we deserved. He gave our sins what they deserved. The wisdom that comes from heaven is impartial does not use a double standard. The rain falls on both the wicked and the righteous. The sun shines on both the wicked and the righteous. The, the Greek word that was used here means to hold the same standard, to be free from prejudice and favorism. It means to tell the truth the first time and to stick to the truth. You don't change your story depending on the audience. You don't treat one different from the other. You are the same person either in public or in private. From Acts of the Apostles chapter 10, verse 34, 35. Opening his mouth, Peter said this. I most 
certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. We have read, we have heard that on the last day, some will say, did I not do miracles and do this and do that in your name? And God will say, depart from me, O ye worker of iniquity. Because God cannot be mocked. He searches the heart. And that wisdom to know what goes on in the heart of a man is available to us. Amen. Finally, it is sincere. The wisdom that comes from heaven is sincere. The word sincere there means without hypocrisy. What you see is what you get. It isn't two-faced. Paul had this to boast with from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly towards you. That is how you make God, you make uh, uh, Jesus known to the world. The way we conduct ourselves with simplicity, with sincerity, and not with fleshly wisdom. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the perfect example of a wise person. And the Bible tells us that he grew in wisdom, in favor with God and with men. From Luke chapter 2 verse 52. This should be the benchmark. This should be the goal, the standard that we are after. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, according to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. So God put his elect in Christ and made him his wisdom, his righteousness, his sanctification, and redemption for us. That is from Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. This, I believe, is the greatest wisdom, to be more like Jesus. And this is how we showcase Jesus to the world. This is how we make him known. Friends, earthly wisdom will fail time and again. Knowledge is limiting. Understanding and discernment will always fall short. But the wisdom of God is perfect. It never fails. Because it comes from heaven. Godly wisdom makes us see the unseen things. It makes us to conquer 
by yielding. It helps us find rest under a yoke. It helps us to reign by serving. It makes us great by becoming little. We become the fool for Jesus. And it exalts us when we are humble. We become wise by become fools, by becoming fools for Christ's sake. We are, bec- we are made free by becoming his bond servants. Through the wisdom of God, we possess all things and yet we have nothing. We wax strong by being weak. Yet, we triumph through defeat and find victory by glorifying in our infirmities. You know, through and only through the wisdom of God can we live by dying. Dying to sin. Dying to all the world has to offer. And that is when we truly live. None of these statements that I've just said will make sense to the world. But it makes sense to us because we know the Lord. And we know that true wisdom comes from God. Can we bow down our heads? I'd just like you to think about that area, that aspect of your life, where you could use a little more Godly wisdom. Where you need that wisdom that is first pure. That has been washed by the word of God. Where you need that peace loving wisdom. Where you need the gentle wisdom of God. Where we can use a bit more submission. where we can enjoy mercy and good fruits. Where you know that if you could only be impartial, if only you can be sincere, things would be different. And let's just ask God. We already qualify for the wisdom because we are sons and daughters of God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Through the wisdom of God, we live victorious. Father God, we just lift our hearts to you right now. and We welcome your wisdom. For every area of doubt, worry, trouble, even for the good areas, because when your wisdom comes in, Good things become better. And better things transform to be the best. We ask for your wisdom in our homes, in our lives, in our families, where we work, around our community. We ask for the wisdom to be more like you so that we can make you known to the world, starting with our community. We thank you, Lord, because you are generous to give your wisdom to us today. 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.